Hey guys, and welcome back to Paranormal Activities, uh, part three of The Boogeyman. I hope you all enjoy this little thing that I did, uh, the kind of reenactment of a true crime podcast for the Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and then now this episode will be Halloween Ends. Um, I really didn't enjoy the film Halloween Ends, and if you guys follow me on social media, you definitely know that. Uh, so this, this episode is not as long as the other ones. I kind of kind of burned through ends. Um, it really, really, if you guys have seen it, it was kind of blah and not a whole lot going on. So I did the best that I could. I still enjoy doing it. Um, so hope you all enjoyed it. I am going to go back to doing real live paranormal things starting next week. You know, back to ghosts, back to aliens, back to Bigfoot. I have a few stories that I am going to, I already have planned to do. Some, some pretty good ones, actually. I have a really good UFO one that I'm really excited to uh, kind of dive into. Uh, so if you guys do have any any stories you, you want me to talk about, hit me up at paranormalaxpodcast at gmail.com. And also, I do want to keep doing these like fictional true crime podcasts regarding movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, things like that. So if you have any, if you have any other horror movies that you want me to do that with, also let me know. You can hit me up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, but that's enough of that. So now, I hope you all enjoy the final part of my Halloween series, The Boogeyman. Last episode, I mentioned that Michael Myers hasn't been seen or heard from since Halloween night 2018. Unfortunately for the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, that all changed this past Halloween of 2022. And as the events that unfolded are still less than a month old from the time of this recording, not everything is confirmed, not everything has been figured out. Investigation is still unfolding as again, they we're all still putting the pieces together from what happened in Haddonfield 2020-22. But one thing we do know is that the boogeyman did come back. But let's talk about that. So, to end, hopefully to end this series of Michael Myers as things still seem to be unfolding, um, let's talk about it. So, before we get rolling here, I do want to make sure, I, do, I mentioned it in the last episode, but since 2018, Laurie Strode, remember her, the infamous survivor of Michael Myers, her and her granddaughter, Allison, have lived together in a house for the last few years, from what I understand, um, after the death of Allison's mother, Karen. And what this episode is going to be all about is going to be about the, the, the ending of Michael Myers, as that's what we know. I'm sure you all know this by now, but Michael Myers is officially dead and it all started with a 911 call from Lori Strode inside her house um, but let's start at the beginning because there's a whole lot going on here and I'm not exactly sure I know how everything went down yet um, it's still fresh uh, so I mentioned before how the t since 2018 Haddonfield has been a little bit more edgy it's been a little bit more depressing Drug use has went up. Alcohol use has went up. There's multiple OVIs, multiple suicides, multiple murders, basically every Halloween. And on Halloween night, 2019, uh, there was a, a young man named Corey Cunningham 
who was babysitting an eight-year-old boy named Jeremy Allen. And while babysitting Jeremy, he accidentally killed Jeremy, uh, from my understanding. So according to the articles I was able to find, uh, while babysitting Jeremy, Jeremy locked Corey in the upstairs attic as a Halloween prank. Uh, Corey kind of freaked out and kicked the door open, mistakenly knocking Jeremy over the banister, falling three stories to his death. And reminder, Jeremy is only eight years old. He fell three stories. He's not going to make it. Um, Corey was arrested for manslaughter, but was later found not guilty. And he continued to live in Haddonfield, unable to find work. Corey began working for his stepfather, Ronald Cravo, as Ronald owned a junkyard inside Haddonfield, just named the Junkyard. Um, so that happened back in 2019, and that's what we know about Jeremy as of that point. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As we know about Corey um, from there. Obviously, the parents of, of Jeremy did not really have a, a good time with that. Um, obviously, they claimed, well, at least the mother apparently claimed that that she believed that Corey did this on purpose because as she entered the house, she heard Corey stating, I'm going to kill you. Um, now, that was rebuttaled with, with Corey saying he said that figuratively as Jeremy had locked him in a closet. Um, so whatever, that's what happened. He was acquitted or the charges were dropped, however you word that. Um, so now moving forward, between, as I mentioned already, between Halloween 2019 Halloween 22, there were still people being reported missing. Um, again, Michael has never, Michael was never spotted or found. They did suspect that Michael was still doing something, but they could never find him. A lot of people thought he just went off and died somewhere. A lot of people thought he, like I mentioned, I think in the past, went to California and became a teacher. All kinds of theories, theories about that. Um, but also before this, before Halloween night of 2022, Allison did begin working as a nurse at the Haddonfield Memorial. Um, Lori and Allison were living together in a house inside the city limits of Haddonfield, and it seemed that Lori has kind of changed her attitude. She no, she no longer lives secluded, you know, in a, in a fortress house. She now lives in town, appearing to live just like everybody else. That's what it seemed like anyway. I don't really know, <laughs> but that's what it seems like. Um, so now, here's where the events are still not clear. I'm just going to try to give you the timeline as accurately as I could put it together here. So on October 28th, 2022, Corey went to the Haddonfield Memorial due to an injured hand. Um, Corey has been bullied basically in town since 2019 because he is basically being called the murderer of a child, you know, kid killer or whatever they call him. Um, so he was bullied quite often. And some were quoted that since Michael was never captured, the town began to take their anger out on Corey. Why? I don't know. But, you know, being from a small town, I can believe that. So what happened was, apparently what happened was on Friday the 28th, Corey was jumped at the One Stop and Shop gas station inside Haddonfield. Security cameras witnessed the four high school students, names Terry, Stacy, Margot, and Billy. On camera, uh, due to their age, we're not sharing the last names here, but the camera did see the incident, and during the incident, Corey cut his hand. I guess one of the kids pushed Corey. Corey cut his hand. Lori Strode happened to pull up at the gas station at the same time and was able to break up the fight before it escalated any further. And then Lori also brought Corey to the hospital due to his hand injury. 
While at the hospital, Corey met Allison, who you guys know, Lori's, Lori's granddaughter and former survival, survivor of Michael Myers. And then apparently the two started to uh, start a brief relationship. So that was the 28th, October 29th, 2022. Uh, it was a Saturday night. Allison and Corey went to a Halloween party at Valensky's Bar, where Michael Myers survivor Lindsay Wallace also worked. Corey happened to run into Mrs. Allen, Jamie's mother, uh, where an altercation occurred. Mrs. Allen ended up having to be dragged from the floor as she was getting in Corey's face, yelling at him, calling him a monster for the murder of her son, or the death of her son. Um, so now that was the 29th, October 30th, 2022. A homeless man was found stabbed to death under a bridge in town near an opening to a sewer. And then also Haddonfield Sheriff Deputy Mullaney's body was found in the sewer where the homeless man was also found. So now we have two bodies connected to this sewer. And to make it even more crazier, Allison's boss, Dr. Mathis, and co-worker Nurse Deb were both found murdered inside Dr. Mathis's home. A Deb was attached to the wall with a knife, similar to how former Michael Myers victim Dave was found in 2018 inside the house that he was murdered in. Just like, you know, the knife going through his body, attaching him to the wall, kind of like, you know, being pierced or held up, crucified, I guess, uh, to the wall. That takes some strength. Security cameras were installed inside Dr. Mathis's home. They were viewed, and it was provided that there were actually two killers inside the house that night. Uh, Dr. Mathis was murdered on the outdoor pool deck by a shorter, thinner man wearing a scarecrow mask which happened to be the same scarecrow mask that Corey wore to the Halloween party the night prior. Nurse Deb was murdered seconds later inside the house by someone fitting this, the description of Michael Myers, uh, wherein the coveralls, the mask, and the brutality of that murder, it is believed that that actually was Michael Myers who killed Nurse Deb. Really, it couldn't be anybody else. <laughs> that kind of strength and brutality is one man. And to also, I mentioned that the Deputy Mullaney was, was found dead inside the sewer. His vehicle was found near there. And Corey and Allison were seen in an altercation with Mullaney the same night that Mullaney disappeared. They were at a restaurant. I guess Mullaney was there with his other buddy celebrating something, a birthday party, I think. And it was seen that Officer Mullaney and Corey got in each other's faces. I guess Mullaney also used to date Allison, and there was a little, a little thing there. So clearly at this point, Corey, maybe even Allison, are definitely suspects of, of at least the disappearance of, of Mulaney. Now moving on to Halloween night 2022. Uh, there's a rock radio station inside Haddonfield called WURG 94.9 The Urge. Uh, this night, uh, DJ host Willie the Kid and radio receptionist Diana Prince were found murdered inside their radio, their, their radio studio. Uh, the studio was then caught on fire. Willie the Kid's tongue was actually cut off and left on the turntable. And there was a lot of people claiming they could hear the skip on the radio when that happened. And they weren't sure what it was. They thought there was some kind of connection issues or whatever. But apparently it was Willie the Kid's tongue on the turntable messing with the music. So that's kind of screwed up. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, so as the building was burning... 911 dispatch received a phone call from Lori Strode from inside her house stating that there has been a suicide. When officers arrived on scene, Michael Myers' body was found inside Lori's house, 
pinned to the kitchen median table with knives that were going through his hands, also pinning him to the table, and a refrigerator was knocked on top of him. Uh, Michael's throat and wrist were cut. Michael was dead upon police arrival. So we have Michael Myers. There's his sighting, um, or there's the official you know, word. We all know he's dead now. But also inside this house was Corey Cunningham, and he was also deceased, and he was found on the floor next to the stairs inside the home with two gunshot wounds, a knife wound in his neck, and then a, and also a broken neck. Corey was also wearing coveralls similar to what Michael Myers always wore while, while out on the streets or out in the wild, as his former Dr. Sartain called it. Now, Corey works at that, at that machine yard, as I told you about the drink yard that I mentioned, so he does have coveralls for jobs, or for his job, but why was he wearing this on Halloween night? We will get to that. So I mentioned now the boogeyman, Michael Myers, the, the dub name for Michael Myers. The boogeyman is dead at this point. And now we have to figure out how everything actually went down. Um, so Lori and Allison stated that they killed Michael and needed to let the town heal, as they stated. Officer Hawkins and Sheriff Barker agreed. Lori and Allison strapped Michael to the roof of their car, and they literally paraded Michael's dead body through town creating kind of a spectacle and like as they drove through kind of creating a, a parade other citizens saw what was going on they started to follow cops followed they set up barricades the whole basically parading michael myers's dead body through town and then they brought michael myers to the junkyard where Corey cunningham also worked Lori dumped michael's body into the metal grinder putting an end to the myth the legend the evil incarnate michael myers while at the junkyard though the bodies of high schoolers Terry, Stacy, Margot, and Billy were all found murdered. And remember, these are the same kids that were seen bullying Corey at that gas station um, earlier this week. Also at the scene, they found Corey's stepdad, Ronald, was found with a gunshot wound to his head, and he was also deceased at this point. And later that night, they also found Corey's mother found murdered inside her living room. Now, it's a lot going on. <laughs> we have a lot going on here. Lots of dead bodies around town on Halloween night. Unfortunately, very similar to, 20, to 2018 in Haddonfield and similar to 1975 in Haddonfield. So clearly, Lori and Allison are the only ones who can kind of fill in these blanks when it comes to how everything went down this night with Michael Myers. So Lori stated that you know, she provided to the police that she felt like she was being watched by Michael Myers for a day or two before Halloween. But she also felt Corey was going down that dark, evil path. And she couldn't tell if it was really Michael watching her, if it was paranoia, or if it was the darkness connecting with Corey that she could kind of feel or sense. So she didn't really think Michael was out there, but she wasn't sure. Lori did hear and see Corey Cunningham, enter, Corey Cunningham enter her house that night on Halloween and knew he would follow her upstairs as she did say the darkness has officially consumed Corey at this point. Shortly after, Lori called 911. Now, here's what I don't understand. I mentioned that she called 911 stating a suicide. Was she going to kill herself? I, I don't understand why she said it was a suicide and why did she didn't call it to somebody else. Maybe she was just trying to lure Corey in. I don't know. But anyway, she left that call to 911 Right after that, Corey entered Lori's office wearing the Michael Myers, wearing the coveralls, and also wearing the mask of Michael Myers. 
Not a replica, not a store-bought mask, but the Michael Myers mask. The same mask that Michael wore in 78 and 2018. How he got it, I don't know. But clearly, he met Michael at some point because they were seen at Dr. Mathis's house together. But whatever. Once Corey entered the office, he apparently had a knife and was going to attack Lori. Lori shot Corey twice with her handgun that she had. Corey then fell through the banister over the staircase and landed on the bottom floor. Lori then stated that Corey took out his knife as she approached him and stated that if he couldn't have Allison, no one can. Very stereotypical psycho stalker stuff. And after he said that, he stabbed himself in the neck with a kitchen knife, which is another hardcore thing to do. But right after this, Allison came home and went into the house for whatever reason, assumed Lori assumed that Lori had killed Corey and frantically left because this is her boyfriend, I guess. Um, Allison stated that she knew something was going on with Corey, but didn't realize the full extent until she saw the radio station on fire. At this point, she knew Corey was responsible because he had mentioned in the past that he wanted to burn the town down or, or something along those lines. Uh, so, right after Allison left, at this point, Corey is assumed dead, shot twice, fell a couple of stories, and stabbed himself in the neck. But right after Allison left, Lori was in a state of shock, thinking that she ruined her relationship with Allison. And as she was kind of, I guess, sitting, she was thinking about it. At this point, she heard another man walking through the house. And then she heard the same man walking have a struggle with Corey, who again is somehow alive, I guess. I thought he was dead, but he's somehow alive. And then she heard the sound of Corey's neck breaking. She then saw Michael Myers back in her house. Michael then took the mask off of Corey, put it back on himself, and Lori now realized that Michael was back for one last fight. So kind of think about that. She just witnessed, or she shot this kid, watched him almost kill himself, and then out of nowhere, the thing that she's been haunted of her entire life is now literally back in her house. And unlike four years ago, she doesn't have anything trapped for Michael Myers. She had no idea he was coming back. He just showed up tonight for whatever reason. Um, but she ran and she hid in the pantry. As Michael was walking through her kitchen, he, he started walking towards the pantry. At this point, Lori opened the door, attacked him with a fire extinguisher, and then the two just fought through the house, which is, you know, I mean, they're kind of old at this point. I don't want to make fun of that fact because, you know, it doesn't really matter. But it's like these two 60-year-olds fighting each other. <laughs> it makes me, I don't know, it's kind of makes me laugh a little bit, I guess, trying to find humor in the, in the darkness. Uh, but they fought through the house where Lori was able to get the best of Michael and ended up pinning Michael to the wooden table that was inside Lori's kitchen by taking two knives putting them through his hands, and then basically nailing him to this table. And then Lori pulled down the refrigerator, pinning Michael, securing him to the table. So he basically just trapped him onto this table, like, a, like an animal, like a trapped animal. Lori then claimed that she slit Michael's throat. At this point, somehow Michael's able to basically tear his hand through the knife and grab Lori by the neck, strangling Lori as he was bleeding out through the neck. But now... At the same time, while watching the radio tower on fire, Officer Hawkins called Allison regarding Lori's 911 call. Allison raced back to the house and happened to walk in on Michael strangling Corey. 
while he was still nailed to the table. Allison was unable to grab Michael's arm and basically just broke it on the on the edge of the table, freeing Lori from the grip. Lori then slit Michael's wrist. So now he has a slit wrist, a slit neck, and I think Lori also mentioned that she stabbed him in like the chest or something as well. So he's basically, now he's dead. The, the police now arrive on scene, as I mentioned earlier, and they find Lori Allison standing over Michael's dead body. And then they do the parade to the junkyard and basically throw Michael into this metal grinder had to do with tires and everything else. And that tire, you've seen, I've seen it on YouTube. It's kind of fun to watch these machines just like tear everything up and destroy cars. It's pretty awesome. But Michael went through there. So Michael Myers is officially dead. But there are still a lot of questions that we need to know that we might not ever know. Um, obviously, at some point, Corey did meet Michael. Nobody knows how, nobody knows where. Possibly the sewer. Uh, because that's where the body of Melania was found. I really totally believe that uh, that Corey killed him there. You know, whether, whether it was him, whether it was Michael, but he had a bunch of knife wounds in his stomach. And it's also confirmed that both Corey and Michael Myers were at the house of Dr. Mathis that night. Um, we know, On the cameras that they witnessed, they never saw those two walking together, but they did see Corey standing outside watching Michael through the glass door. And then or he left on his own, but nobody knows. And it also does appear that Corey did go on a killing spree Halloween night 2022 that was separate from anything Michael Myers did on Halloween night. And in this killing spree, it is basically confirmed that Corey murdered his mother. He murdered the two individuals at the radio station, Willie the Kid and Diana Prince. He murdered the four high schoolers, that bullied him at his place of work, the junkyard, in a pretty brutal manner. And because of their age, I'm not going to talk about how they how they were killed, but it was pretty pretty messed up. And then he also attempted to kill Lori. And also, as I mentioned, Corey's stepfather, Ronald, was found with a gunshot wound to the head. The gun that shot Ronald was also found at the scene, but it doesn't appear that Corey used that gun to kill him. As his prints were nowhere on the gun, and nowhere really near the gun. Police advise that they believe they know who pulled the trigger, but have not released that information officially yet. Probably one of the high school kids, and that was probably an accident from the way it sounds. And they probably thought they were being attacked by Michael. There's one thing here that's interesting, is the cameras at the radio station, they did see a man wearing a Michael Myers mask, and you know those coveralls kill those two right after he left, but they also believe that his stature wasn't the right stature for Michael Myers. He was smaller, much like Corey, and Lori mentioned that she saw um, Corey wearing the mask, and then she also saw Michael taking the mask back. So it looks like that during this killing spree, Corey was wearing the Michael Myers mask the entire time. Basically, I don't know what was going on in his head, but reenacting the killings that Michael Myers has done. So by the time Halloween ended this year, there's another massacre through the town of Haddonfield, and Michael Myers is dead. But is the Boogeyman dead? Michael Myers has been dubbed the Boogeyman, but was it just a nickname? The evil that consumed Michael when he was just six years old appears to have also consumed Corey when he was 24 years old. 
There are several differences, as Michael was just a child with no known behavioral issues and no home issues. And it does feel really random that Michael just attacked his sister when he was six and then grew up to be silent and then kill everybody in his path when he had the opportunity to. And he was clearly more than just a man, proving how much he has survived, how much he has been through, and just how he interacted at Smith's Grove Sanitarium. No man acts like that. No man just doesn't speak. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, who knows? Corey appears to have had a troubled last few years of his life that pushed him into this darkness and made him stop talking, made him talk less at least, darkened his eyes a little bit from what they say, and then kill people in a manner that is just as aggressive as Michael's kills were. Uh, but do any of these reasons matter? Do reasons why someone becomes evil or how someone is consumed by the darkness really matter? Or is the only thing that matters is evil can, in fact, be consumed at random? Whether it be by an innocent child or someone with a rough past, the darkness is there. Which means as long as there are people, as long as society exists, so can the boogeyman. <laughs>